Hello, this is Jason Solomons and welcome to Sounds Jewish from The Guardian. In this month's podcast, accusations of anti-Semitism on campus. I don't think that anti-Semitic views should be published and it's that tricky thing between there is, you know, free speech but at what point is it just open hatred? What's the true meaning of one of my favourite Yiddish words, broigus? Is it just a, a grudge or is it a bitter hatred that can split families for generations? And why does it always start at a wedding? My stepmother is still broigus for me for having cried at the wedding and having had pink hair and really has never got over it. And I'm delighted to announce two very special guests in the studio, Rona and Beverly, two motormouth yenters from America, pushy, adorable Jewish ladies of a certain age, now serving up their unique brand of advice on life, sex and Streisand in London's West End and the Edinburgh Festival. This is Sounds Jewish from The Guardian. Are Britain's campuses becoming breeding grounds for what one historian calls the longest hatred, anti-Semitism? Plenty of Jewish students say they are, that attacks on Israel have repeatedly crossed the line into antagonism against Jews. There have been rows over anti-Israel motions passed by student unions, invitations to controversial speakers offered and then withdrawn, with one side claiming the right of free speech, the other insisting that what they're fighting is hate speech. Things have come to a head in Leeds after the student newspaper interviewed Sameh Habib, editor of the Palestinian Telegraph, who worked as a reporter and blogger in Gaza during that conflict. He was asked about Western coverage of the conflict there and whether mainstream media organisations had a hidden agenda. He replied that the press was very pro-Israel before adding, I think you have to ask yourself who controls the media. Many saw that as a warmed-up version of the old claim that Jews control the media. As a result, copies of the student paper were pulled from the union, only to be reinstated a few days later. It sparked an almighty row. Henrietta Foster has been to Leeds for Sounds Jewish and spoke to students at the centre of the row, including Jack Codd, de facto president of the student union, who is himself Jewish, and Virginia Newman, editor of Leeds Student. Henrietta started by asking Virginia whether she had any initial reservations about the article. It's a difficult subject, and it's one of the subjects that causes a lot of response on this campus. This campus is incredibly fractious between our Jewish... Um, society and our Muslim society and um, the editor last year chose not to discuss and cover things surrounding this and my principle has been all year to to discuss things and to and to cover things. I'm at Leeds Student Union building. Have you actually been following this whole issue about the anti-Semitic comments supposedly and the, the, the taking away all the newspapers? I know that some of my friends initially were just outraged that the papers were taken off the shelves um, you know in this day and age of freedom of speech and that sort of thing um, but then also I've seen on Facebook like people inviting me to join groups that are saying um, that there needs to be an official apology and that sort of thing so I think it, it definitely has divided student opinion. I don't think that anti-Semitic, homophobic, racist views should be published and it's that tricky thing between there is you know free speech but at what point is it just open hatred. Well, I just think it kind of defeats the point of having a student paper if students aren't entitled to say what they want and if it's been censored. I'm leaving Leeds University now to meet Jack Codd, who's too scared, he says, to come on campus until this issue is resolved and is actually holed up in a Starbucks near Leeds train station. 
and I read this interview with um, Sameh Habib, and then I, I read this particular line where he um, he talked about um, control over the media and inferring there was some kind of Jewish control over over mass media. And to be honest, I was I was quite shocked to see that line in in the student paper, quite angry. And I went to speak to the editor uh, about it, and after a few discussions, um, I decided that as as a trustee of the union and ultimately the the paper's publisher to um, temporarily suspend um, distribution of the paper until um, we could come to some kind of satisfactory compromise. It's the fact that it was unchallenged anti-Semitism that was left there like it was an acceptable, legitimate viewpoint to hold um, that, that I felt was a problem. Yes, we've, we've said that we should have followed it up with a follow-up question and we've said that in the internal investigation that's going on and we're, and we're perfectly happy to say that and stand by that. I don't think that we shouldn't interview people who are controversial. One of the things that Jack said in his complaint is you wouldn't interview someone from the BNP who was saying something racist. Well, yes, we would, and we should. It's so unbelievably hurtful that he has said in his comment piece and and his actions that that we are an anti-Semitic paper, that I I am anti-Semitic. To make comments like that, I I see, is, is massively offensive. And, and have deeply, deeply upset me. I spoke to Virginia, and it seems to me that it has got quite nasty and quite personal. And- yeah, it has, it has got nasty. I mean, there's no denying that. If you look at um, some of the comments that have been posted online about, about myself, I shouldn't have been involved in the decision-making process because of my religion. I've been told, oh, isn't it ironic uh, a Jewish student is controlling the media by not wanting to put that line out? This whole incident has opened my eyes to the fact that we, we need to do a lot more education about anti-Semitism on campus because people just don't understand what it means, what it is. Well, with me to discuss all of that and the wider question of what's happening on British campuses is Inayat Bunglawala, who is founder and chair of Muslims for UK. Welcome to Sounds Jewish, Inayat. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, and we're joined also by Jonathan Friedland, columnist for The Guardian and former editor of Charwell, Oxford University's newspaper. So I can take you back that far, Jonathan. Uh, uh, let's start with you, Inayat. Should we be worried by uh, the incident at Leeds and the furore that it's caused? Yes, we should. Um, the fact that the newspaper was pulled is, is a worrying sign. I mean, we went through this as, as Muslims uh, over 20 years ago with the Stanic versus controversy where, you know, there were very heated uh, feelings about what was, you know, in uh, Salman Rushdie's novel. And people were prepared to, you know, uh, not just march, but there were also incidents of violence as well. And looking back on it, you know, I, I was involved in some of those marches and, and uh, I, I look back on it with... with uh, regret, you know, I think it, it did harm the image of, of Muslims and it's, it's left a, 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 a stain which is difficult now to remove from the British So psyche. when you say we should be worried about the incident, is it the, the fact that a student newspaper is having to be pulled, that in fact the row has has started, uh, or, you I, know, I, I and, and both sides are now embroiled? Well, I've had a read, read of the article and it was a one-page article about this, this particular journalist, Sami Habib's, experiences as a journalist in Gaza at the time when Gaza was being bombed. And it's one line that's uh, controversial in that. And I don't think it warranted the newspaper being uh, pulled. By all means, uh, I think the, the lady we just heard on the clip was right. A follow-up question should have been asked to get his views clarified, what he meant by control of the media. Um, but on its own, I don't think it, was, it warranted removing the newspaper. Uh, Jonathan, I mentioned uh, before that you were uh, a former editor of a student newspaper yourself. This is a sort of phenomenon both ways. The actual printing uh, in the first place and then, the, and then the pulling has actually kind of ended up with both sides being completely inflamed. 
Well, there's one thing that probably most student editors wouldn't admit, but it's probably true in this case, which is that they're probably quite glad of the controversy. People are talking about their newspaper, and probably I I would have to admit when I was, and it's some years ago now, a student editor, you probably quite enjoy and relish the the debate. I think you've got to distinguish between the right to publish something like this, and they obviously did have the right, and their paper shouldn't be pulled, I think, for running pretty well anything, uh, and whether it's wise to run something like this. I mean, I think everyone's probably agreeing, and we heard, uh, as Inayat said, the, the, the... uh, woman uh, from the student union involved there saying that they should have asked the follow-up question. That's really the question is that you, not, not that they shouldn't have published it or pulling newspapers, I'm never in favour of that but some questions probably should be asked about what is going on in the atmosphere of that place that somebody could say something like this that does uh, play into, revive a very old, uh, really whiskery stereotype, very untrue actually, particularly in this country where the media is owned by everyone but Jews actually the Murdochs and the Barclay brothers etc um, uh, this old conspiracy theory and that the interviewer the reporter and the editor of the paper didn't think that didn't leap out of them as something that needed challenging so, so the, the not salary, in favor of banning but there's a question of the wisdom of including so a the salutary lesson here is to the student journalist that always give a follow-up question then you can then you can print the assertion and then and then, challenge then get, get and, and look challenged. and it happens it's not just student papers it's happened there have been lines and people have complained about even in the guardian other places sentences that they think are uncomfortable and they needed to be challenged that said there is a sort of simmering tension between um, Muslim students and Jewish students on British campuses. It, it was something that was going on when I was last on a student campus as a student, which is quite a long time ago now, 20 years ago or so. Well, I, I have to you know, cast my mind back 20 odd years to when I was a student. And I can tell you, even at that time, this was at, um, during the first Palestinian Intifada. Uh, we're talking late 80s now. Yeah. And at that time, there were, uh, you know, we would, as an Islamic society, we would actually bring motions to the student union to condemn Israel. For us, this was a, a mighty achievement, right? And, uh, you know, you've had subsequent generations of, of Muslim students now. For them, it's also become a, 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 show, a show of solidarity with, with a nation under occupation. I wouldn't see it as anything more than that. And if it results in, uh, you know, real tensions and attacks on Jewish communities, well, you know, that is completely unacceptable. We need to find a way to prevent that. Jonathan. It's very good to hear Inayat say that, and it's important to say that uh, you know, those sorts of attacks are unacceptable. The problem is that on many campuses it is spilling over from the student resolutions, and Inayat and, and I were students at the same time. It seems Something seems to be going on that is going beyond just uh, resolutions tabled in heated union debates. It's going further, so that when, for example, the deputy ambassador of the State of Israel was in Manchester recently, she was more, more or less physically assaulted, had to be bundled into a car. The car was then pounded on. Uh, there have been sit-ins and demonstrations, particularly during the uh, Gaza conflict, and we understand why passions ran so high then, that also did seem to spill over and become uh, quite physical. And there is a feeling, and, and you hear it from Jewish students, that they are feeling under some kind of threat, an atmosphere that's very intimidating. Now, that is the thing that we have to address, because of course there will be always this argument between Jews and Muslims all around the world about Israel and Palestine. But the truth is about Israel is that Jewish students, like it or not, identify very strongly with Israel. They do believe it should exist. They feel bound up with it. And therefore, if there's an atmosphere where constantly Israel is being likened to Nazis, fascism, apartheid, whatever, then people who are 
inevitably identifying themselves with Israel, they are going to come under that kind of line of attack. And we have to think about that. I know that um, uh, Azam Tamimi, director of the Institute of Islamic Political Thought in London, uh, was going to speak at the University of Birmingham. And there was quite a movement to attempt to, to ban him, to say that, that he shouldn't be allowed to speak there. But surely, in Ayat, this would be a, a censorship move. This would be limiting free speech. Yes, I agree. Look, Azam Tamimi is a, a, a quite a popular speaker on campuses, and he's been so for a number of years. He's a very high-profile Palestinian academic here. And his own family uh, was forced to flee when Israel was, was founded in 1948. So he has his own personal connection with, with the land over there. And he's very, you know, he's, when he speaks, it's very, in very emotional terms, a very emotive terms. You've seen him, have you? Oh, yes, absolutely, uh, a number of times. Um, but it, was, it is absolutely wrong to prevent a speaker like that. Look, if someone goes overboard, if they incite uh, racial hatred, if they're inciting violence, we have laws to deal with that. But if they're just saying something you don't like, well, you know, we, we can't stop speak, people uh, spouting opinions which we disapprove of. And Azam has strong views on Palestine. As long as he's not breaking the law, he ought to be allowed to, to say his piece. And now, Jonathan, why do you think that they, they tried to ban it? Because this went all the way up to, to, to Parliament, to the to yeah, MPs. Politicians got involved. I mean, the, the, in, in the case of Azam Tamimi, uh, and I've spoken on pa- uh, a platform once with him, a panel with him, and he's a very, very powerful speaker, a very sort of fiery speaker. The thing that people have reacted to is a sentence that is there, and it's on YouTube, you can find it, where he says, uh, if I had the opportunity to be become a martyr to blow myself up then I would gladly do it and the worry that people have had is that somebody saying that particularly to younger people is in some way does that cross the line this is the question does it cross the line in somehow into inciting violence somebody saying they would Mm. offer themselves implicitly as a suicide bomber now my view is that uh, I'm never in favor of banning I'm a strong advocate for free speech and once somebody's been invited I think they should come and speak the question I would ask to some of these student unions is look yet again you have the right to do it but is it wise to do it or do you have some kind of responsibility, a duty of care to communal relations on your campus? You know that by inviting this person, you are going to now really cause, add to the friction between these two groups. Would it, is there not a way of saying, you know, we'll have Inayat Bangalawala and Jonathan Friedland will come and they'll have a very reasonable debate with each other. That will be good for communal relations. These are two people who've debated with each other and talked with each other often, rather than having somebody, yes, who's more incendiary speaker, but actually maybe there'll be a cost in communal relations. But you're sure not suggesting that they should vet the speeches beforehand ahead of time. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I think once you've invited somebody, then you, they should come. And certainly, there, I know there was this idea out there that there would be some external body, you know, like the witch finder general, you know, who's going to p- approve the speeches. And this has happened on the other side as well, remember. Benny Morris, a leading Israeli Zionist Jewish historian, uh, was invited. Then people went through his writings and said, no, he should be disinvited because he's racist in his attitudes to Arabs and Palestinians. Once this starts, we'll ban everybody and nobody will speak. That's not a good idea. Look, I think um, Jonathan's point is very valid here. Look, if, if we want, if, if, I think trying to reduce the heat and reduce any feeling that people are being intimidated or, 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 or frightened for their places in university, well, clearly that then temperatures need to be lowered. And uh, I, I am surprised that more efforts have not been placed in trying to create a kind of dialogue when it comes to Israel-Palestine. It always seems to be uh, a fiery uh, a Muslim speaker or, or what have you. Well, well, I think we can create a... I'm sure it, it can't be impossible to create a platform where both sides both the Israeli side and uh, the Palestinian side can speak and just allow the students to debate both sides. Yeah. I, I just don't see why that is so impossible. Yeah. The, the university is microcosm of the wider world. Uh, Inayat Bunglawala, thank you very much indeed for coming on Sounds Jewish. Jonathan Friedland, if you could stay there, uh, to, uh, we'll be talking about uh, broigases of, of a more family sort uh, a little later on. This is Sounds Jewish from The Guardian.
families around the Jewish world would have followed this route very carefully. In South Africa, Judge Richard Goldstone was recently told he should stay away from his own grandson's mitzvah by Jewish community leaders because of the controversy stirred by his highly critical UN report into Israel's conduct. Imagine the family rows that could have caused. We Jews have a word for it. Broigus. There's no precise English word for it, but there should be. The word in Yiddish is Broigus. It's a grudge, it's a dispute, it's a row, it's a family bust-up that can last for decades. It's an adjective, it's a verb, it's a state of mind. Broigus. It's like a, like a chicken left on the stove for years and years and years, <laughs> simmering away. And for some reason, a source of joy can turn into a rich source of Broigus. Weddings, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs. We've asked these people to walk us through their Broiguses. I was married. Um, we had a big Jewish wedding. It was awful. We didn't want to have it, but we were made to have it. Anyway, long, let's cut a long story short. I've got a very large family, and I have an uncle in Liverpool who has um, four or five children. Before the wedding, he contacted me, and he said, Philip, we'd very much like to come to the wedding. Unfortunately, I'm not very prosperous at the moment, so I can do one of two things. I can either send you a very nice present... Or I can come to the wedding with my family and stay overnight, not give you a very big present. So I said, well, either, of course, you must come to the wedding and don't give me a present. And I didn't think anything of it. The, the night of the wedding, we went back to our hotel room and the mother-in-law, believe it or not, came back to the hotel room <laughs> to, to go through the presents with us. And we came to my uncle's envelope. <laughs> so my wife opened the envelope from Ivor and there was a check in it, I think, a token check in it for something like £20. There was a broigus because basically they couldn't believe the chutzpah of my uncle who had come traipsing down from Liverpool with four of his children who took up, you know, like a quarter of the table at £200 a head um, and he dared give 20 or £30. Really, really, that was the beginning of the end because actually we were married for no longer than six months and I think from that moment... It was destined to not work. So that, that, that's one of my broigas. My broigas goes back to my father's wedding when I was 15 and he married my uh, stepmother, who, to whom he is still married. And I had been to Israel the previous summer. My hair had got blonde in the sun and I put cyclamen crazy colour in my hair on top of where it had been scorched by the sun and so it didn't wash out for the wedding. So I had pink hair at the wedding and I cried at the wedding. And my stepmother... 27 years later, has still really never forgiven me. I'm a rabbi of a community and have been a rabbi of a couple of communities. And there is no doubt that at these rites of passage and special events, Broyus becomes a major way of being. I've seen families fall out over table plans of who is sitting where. If you're sitting too near the loo, too near the band, not near enough to the top table. I've seen people fall out with each other over what they're asked to do in ceremonies, that somehow opening the ark for the Torah seems a lesser honor than blessing the Torah. And literally families come to blows and won't speak for many months, years, weeks afterwards. A selection of Bruyguses there. Uh, Ronna and Beverly, our two Jewish women from Boston, they come into the studio to join us at this moment. Johnny Friedland is still here. Uh, uh, the girls, what do you think of these 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 two ladies who've come I'm to visit swooning. us? I'm swooning. I'm in love already. Aren't Girl, they gorgeous? That's charitable. Um, girls, uh, Bruygus, is this a is this a particularly uh, uh, American thing? Do you know what a Bruygus is? Well, first, no, we actually I, don't use that. We're, yeah. we, we're familiar with the phenomenon, but that's oh, yeah. not a Yiddish word that we use. Yeah. Right. We, Beverly and I, yeah. have... A very uh, yeah. 
We have a Borregas, which I, was between I, you. Yeah. Well, I I, Beverly I disagree. And I, Beverly, but yes. <laughs> Beverly and I. Yeah. Have been friends for over forty. For years. thirty-eight years, we have been very yeah. good friends, best friends. Since you were like two. T- t- oh yeah. no! You, oh, are you, are you adorable? Come on. Yeah. No. True story. Yeah. There were what? What? Two years. Two years. She didn't talk to me. Yeah. For two years, she didn't speak to me. I would call her Correct. and answer her, and she'd say, Rana, Rana, I know you're in there. Make up songs. I sure. said, why is she not answering? She, it didn't occur to her. She I could, like, furious. turn the volume down. She was I didn't furious. didn't hear any me. of that. What yeah. was the Broigus about, girl? Beverly wore the same dress as me to my son's bum. <laughs> Different color. What? Excuse me. Excuse me. Not to mention, dresses hang different on different bodies. Excuse me. (laughs) Jonathan, can you you can see how a Bruegger's like this can develop? This is a beautiful Bruegger's. This is a rich one because it can simmer over years. It is like food in a stock, in a pot, a chicken in a pot. I agree with that. It can fester. You can almost enjoy it. I mean, the truth is, there are Bruegger's in families or Bruegossim, as some people call them. Can I ask you a question? In families that go on so long, people don't remember the cause, but they do. Who wants to give it up? It's like a it's like like a treasure. You can't surrender it. Well, you need something. To talk about it, it's true. My favorite one was something that didn't happen to me actually. It was a friend, a friend of a friend. He was went to a friend of a daughter's bar mitzvah, and everyone was gathered around. There was, you know, how they do this. The big display at the center of the table plan is a portrait of the bar mitzvah girl, right? Mm. A big picture of her, Lovely. and it's been, you know, beautifully done in a studio and airbrushed soft. And there's all the names. And somebody dared this adult male friend of mine, forty years old, to deface the picture. Oh, <gasps> adorable! They dared him to do it, and like an idiot, he Hysterical. did it. Hysterical. He did no. it. He actually got a pen out and started drawing a little moustache on the girl. And of course, the no. father of the bat mitzvah girl came out and said, "Did you do this?" And everyone expected him to deny, it, and he said, "Yes." He was kicked out. He then stormed over and said, "Can you to the father now, the eighty-year-old father of the forty-year-old? Do you know what your son just did? What did he do? He defaced the picture." The father said, well, I don't think that's so bad. Right, you're out as well. And this man right. was sending people, five, six, seven people in the end were kicked out of his really? own. Really? So they had empty tables. And empty everyone tables. Who was on the table no one could why no one's on my table. And, and, they were and people were well. taking position, taking stance. Do you support him? No. Not no. Anyone who support him. He was out. This was know, a big argument. This I is think was there a favour? Do you know if they had a favour or a theme? At the, at the bat I don't know. All I know is about the black magic marker pen that came out defacing a picture of a 13-year-old girl. No one's going to get over that. That's going to be an a, Olympic I'll, I'll tell you It's poor parenting. Listen, maybe it's she poor didn't parenting. have. Maybe she had a mustache, and nobody wanted to talk about Awful. it. Maybe <laughs> that's think, what nobody. Do you think, guys, about. that this is a this is a peculiarly Jewish phenomenon? No, I don't actually. It's universal. I think this. It, I do think it's universal. I think this for is an universe. interesting thing that cultures. They everybody wants to own this thing that they do. What for us, it's Yiddish. For other people, it's slang. Whatever it is. Patois, take your pick. But I feel that Italians are this way. Yeah. I think the Catholics are this way. They don't. Yeah. Catholics aren't as verbal about it. Yeah. But I bet an Italian, it's a, it's Koreans. a similar thing. You you know yeah. you spit, you just spit on someone's doorstep instead. You Af- know you just don't turn it over in forty seven different directions. Yeah. Here and then, in Britain, I've got to know. say I don't imagine your regular British or English family that isn't Jewish. Oh, of course. Somehow not. I think they have these arguments, but they remain below the surface. Yeah. So they still yeah. invite sure. the cousins, yeah. but they hate them. Yeah. But they invite them. Yeah. They sit yeah. at the table. They yeah. pretend yeah. everything's nice. Yeah. Yeah. In a Jewish family, it's more out there that you yeah. refuse to come yeah. I can't possibly come the way sure. you talk when, to my daughter growing up here in the UK they were, Christmas is They're the one they hate the uncle but they still invite they them, still invite them. the Jewish family we argue it yeah. comes out yeah. you know, they ladies can't get past uh, it. You, you'll forgive me if uh, don't don't be broigus with me but we're going to have to let this lovely young man oh. Jonathan go oh. uh, we'll come back to you and talk about your shows in, in a little bit but for the meanwhile Jonathan Freeland thank you very much for joining us on Sounds Jewish so nice to meet you handsome tall redheaded Nothing's you never, normally I, get in one Jewish man all at the same I time. I have never seen and anything smack. like it Thank ever you. in my life. <laughs> 
just going to describe to you what my two adorable guests are like. Ronna has has a beautiful mop of blonde hair. Yeah. She has a sleeveless kind of look today. She has leather pants on, glasses. Uh, and Beverly... Rod uh, Stewart and I get our hair done at the same place. We and have the, the same the hairdresser. He, has, he wore those pants yeah, for the I Do You Think I'm Sexy video. I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah. think about like a Jewish middle-aged Rod Stewart. Brilliant. I'm yeah. conjuring already. And Beverly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, People tell me I look like Eva Longoria. Oh, you do? Exact spitting image. Like I've been asked for her exactly. autograph. You look like yeah. two of her. Yeah. yeah. In my head, I've been asked for her autograph like a hundred times. Yeah. Ladies, it is so lovely to have you here in the Sounds yeah. Jewish We're studio. We're delighted to be here. Uh, already you upping the ante of how Jewish we sound. So this is great. Yeah. And, and you're here looking yeah. for Jews here in, in, in London at the moment, a, a mm-hmm. show at the Soho Theatre. We and then wrote in a, Let me explain something. We wrote a book. We wrote a book. Well, we well are done, the top. best selling co authors of You'll Do a Little Better Next Time, A Guide to Marriage. And Remarriage. And Remarriage for Jewish Singles. Yeah. Brilliant. It says Jewish in the name. Do you have experience of this? Oh, yeah. Being married? Sure. Being married and single. Happily married. I have been with many men. Well, first of all, everyone has the experience of being single. Many, 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 many men. I've been loving with many men. You understand what I mean by loving? I can see this. Yeah. So in any event, we're here because we're going to show, you know, we're going to show people. In this country, I think people, and look, I don't want, if I'm being... Overly yeah. uh, judgmental, yeah. you'll let me know, even if I'm right. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, people have a hard time yeah. coming out and saying how they feel about things, yeah. expressing themselves. They don't talk. They do. Do you, find us, do you find us English particularly reserved on well, the Well, here's regard? the problem. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine yeah. what it feels like to be an English Jew. It must be yeah. like yeah. a lobster in a pot. You know what I mean? It's like you wanted, you, you're dying to crawl out of there and say something, yeah. but everybody wants to eat. You. But expensive. Yeah. 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 And, 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 yeah, and expensive and attractive at the same time. But so our yeah. book yeah. is about relationships. It's about getting to know a person, whether yeah. you like a person or don't like sure. a person. Do you like yourself? Do uh-huh. you hate yourself? Of course you hate yourself. You're Jewish. But if you hate the yourself end. even more than that, you've got a real problem. So when you do your live shows, because you're, go- you're going to the Edinburgh Fringe. We're going yeah. to Scotland. Edinburgh is in where? It's in Scotland. Sco- correct. Yeah. Our correct. live show is like a book presentation. Okay, we talk about the book, we do a couple of chapters, we give like yeah. a tease yeah. of the book, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And we help people, yeah. we do have guests. you give guests. some advice, live advice? We give advice, advice and we do yeah. present maybe a few chapters of the book, and uh, then we also... I wouldn't mind telling you we've given advice to some very famous people. Correct. Really? We bring somebody up and we fix their life for Russell them. Brand? Yeah, has been on his life? Program? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. What, is he engaged? He's engaged. End You're of discussion. Well, you're welcome. Matthew Perry. Yeah, the other one. In a very committed relationship. He played now. Joey With on that show. With a lovely Jewish yes. girl. You know? Yeah. The, then, on, um, on the other one. Desperate Housewives. On Desperate yeah. House. I wish. Oh, we I We did love Don Desperate Draper Housewives. from Mad Men. Don Draper from Mad did Men. Did you fix him? He's oh. back with Betsy? Yeah. Newsflash, he doesn't need much fixing. Yeah. But, He's perfect. But he smells, he, you know what he smells John like? John Hamm. He, he smells, smells like cigarettes. Scotch and testicles. Yes. Yeah. But in a good way. Yeah. Maybe Clean. you'll get this in Edinburgh. There's a lot of people that smell yeah. like that. Yeah, well, sure. Today. Well, hopefully. Yeah. The yeah. American version, the yeah. clean version, yeah. not the uh, yeah. I've been wearing these jeans for yeah. three weeks version. Yeah. So can, can you can you do a little live doctoring here? Can you sort me out? Well, well, we, well I mean, well, just from looking, what can you tell? You I mean, got a trouble. wedding ring on. You're wearing so a wedding ring. Yes. But I don't know what sort of a relationship you're in. Yeah. But it's a married relationship. Yeah. Is it? Is, are you? Are, 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 you, are you? Is it with a woman it, or a gentleman? It's with a woman, a very lovely woman. Because there's nothing wrong with that. Because <laughs> I love gay men. I don't like gay women. Yeah. You know, I like. Funnily I, enough, I, I don't mind. 
What? The Which gay one? woman. No, what? They all look like they're going to come in and fix your sink. Of course yeah, he but, does. And that to That's me is very useful. Exactly. No. Exa- wait, did you ever find a Jewish husband or a boyfriend who used, could put up a shelf? Come on. That's fair. You pay someone to enough. do that. And if a lesbian yeah. wants to come in and take care of okay. it, then fine. I but would I, definitely. But yeah. to gay men are always having a party. Yeah. To me, like they're dressed up sure. like a giant, like Well, they like take pride in their appearance. Right. This is gay Jewish men or just gay men? Men. I don't know. Period. Is there a difference? Yeah. Period. Same thing. But we, no, I'm married. But can I? I'm going to let you a little secret here. Not Uh-oh. Jewish. It's not such a secret. It's written all over my face. Is it the guilt? Yeah. No, it's no. the joy. Are you kidding me? I can tell that you're very happy with your decision. <laughs> I'm thinking. How did you manage to write a book, the two of you together? Which bit, <laughs> how did you? Did you finish each other's sentences like on a computer? I'll tell you how it works. You want to know how it <laughs> I'd happened? I'd love to know. But I I'd have like a, to know how it I'll works. I'll tell you how it works. I have a computer girl. Women of a certain age, because we didn't grow up with like an iPad and an iPhone yeah. and an iBook. Yeah. And you had an eyeliner. Eyeliner. Sure. That we had. Is that cute? We would get my computer girl, Tracy, to come over and plug it in and sit there and listen and write it down. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you're, you know, paragons of virtue and beauty. Yeah. But, sure. But some Jewish women would say, oh, no, look, that's what Jewish women are supposed to be like. Do you, do you think that you, perhaps you kind of, you know, are too Jewish or too, too, too Jewish and too female to be a Jewish woman? Why that is the most whoa, whoa, absurd? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are, are you out of your mind? Could minds? you rephrase the question and find the question at you? the same time? What are you talking about? Are you out of your brain? Ask, hey, just say what you want to say. I mean, to me, you know, you're advising people. You're, you, you're yeah. telling them how to fix their lives Wait, and stuff, yeah. which suggests that, that people's lives are broke, which maybe they are. Sure. Right. But may, may, you, may be, you may be called pushy. You may be called... You mean what... Let me make... Let, hang on just a minute. Yeah. Because I have a cleaning woman, okay? Sure. Who got very mouthy with me recently <laughs> in whatever her native tongue was. And I said, number one, get out. Number dose, I'm not interested. Number one, leave. Number two, stay here and listen to what I have to say. <laughs> yeah. No, you're asking, I don't understand. You're asking three quarters of a question. Yeah. So here's my question to you. Why do you you're hate saying, yourself? That's the no, first question. He's, no, his question is, do you hate yourself? His question is not, why does he hate no, himself? No, he hates himself because he thinks that we should hate ourselves yeah, exactly. just as much as he does. Which is what I was saying. He's a little anti-Semitic. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most offensive program I have ever been a part of and that has Jewish in the title. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Desperate Jewish housewives. Why not? If you were my son, I would take you in the back room and I would spank your behind. I would take your tush and I would put it under my naked hand and I would give you a whack. Oof. I was so angry at you. <laughs> I can tell you something right now. You know, someone should lock you in a room. And then, you'd, and then you'd ask him out to dinner. Someone would, should lock you in a room with I'd a Torah yes. and force you thing. to learn a story about the Old Testament. Do you know what? We're going to go to Edinburgh. We're going to go and see you. Uh, and what are we going to get when we get when we go there? We're going well, to get a beautiful show. No, well, let's talk about that. I mean, I'll tell you something. Yeah. It may sound like, well, we're middle-aged with this, with that. Edinburgh will be fantastic. We're going to have tons of celebrities like we always have in our show. We're going to so teach a couple come. of interesting yeah. people a couple of things. Yeah. And we're going to do If you it. don't want to be alone for the rest of your life, you'll come. Uh, Rona, Beverly, how lovely to see you. Thank you so much for your presence. You're adorable. Thank you your so audience doesn't know how cute us. you are. Yeah. If they did, they'd be waiting you have outside. A f- you actually have a face for television. I don't know what you're doing radio. Thank yeah. you. Very, well, this yeah. is great advice. Thank you. Yeah. I should, I'm going to come up to the Pleasance and see you this summer at the Edinburgh Festival. Rona and Beverly. We are going to have to leave it there for this month on a very lively edition of Sounds Jewish. My thanks to all my guests, to Rona and Beverly. Thank you very much indeed, ladies. Good luck with your show in Edinburgh. To Jonathan Friedland of The Guardian and to Iniat Bungalowala. Thanks also to our podcast sponsors, the Jewish Community Centre for London. From me, Jason Solomons, and my producer on Sounds Jewish, Sarah Peters, it's goodbye. 
Shalom, shalom.